Hi, the Legal Eagles over at Shout Factory would like us to point out that this radio play doesn't represent Mystery Science Theater, Shout Factory, or Alterniversal. It's an unofficial fan production, and we hope you enjoy it. This production is sponsored by Damn Dirty Geeks and the Revival League, bringing old-timey radio back to life. This play is rated NSFW, not safe for work, at least not without earbuds. It contains violence, graphic language, and grown-up situations, and may not be suitable for small children. The views and opinions expressed in this play are solely those of the authors and do not reflect the official policy or position of any other agency, organization, employer, or company. Hi, I'm Ryan. I'm Ron. Hey, I'm Rob, and welcome to the Damn Dirty Geeks Revival League cross-stream production, Shorts in a Bunch, Back to School. Yeah, basically, we got a whole bunch of short sketches that we've written, and we had no idea what to do with them. So we're probably just going to make some idle chit-chat between the scenes and... Not so fast! (laughs) Greg, what in the ever-living fuck are these things? Oh, these adorable little guys... These are the Krizunka Wonkas. <laughs> the Krizunka Wadas. Well, I figured we can't have a variety show without a proper ripoff of the Muppet Show theme song. Right, fellas? Oh, yeah! Right! <laughs> In spite of me repeatedly telling you that podcasts are a completely aural medium, I'm actually a little impressed that you made all this. With enough determination, felt, and peyote, Anything is possible. So why don't you introduce your little rip-off characters here? Let's see. There's Batty Flatermouse. He's sort of like the uh, host and MC of the whole thing. Hello! Yo, 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 boys! What kind of accent is that? It's urban German. That's not a thing. Ach, I keep it real in their hood. Introduce the rest of the gang, why don't you, Batty? Well, there's my girlfriend, Glamanity. Sloppy the bear. Wait, where's he? Oh, he's in the men's room. And we've got the Nordic fry cook, my cute little nephew Ian the gecko, Dr. Fluffy and the lightning havoc, uh, Ron and James. Oh, and Odzo, of course. Odzo? Oh, uh, yeah, he's. Odzo! The Shit, is he okay? Yeah, I'm not sure. Greg, I, I thought we agreed on something low-key and tasteful for the interstitials. Well, what could be more low-key than a self-aware, full musical tribute to show business by a bunch of anthropomorphic sock people? Uh, hold on, they're going to be singing? You bet they are. Cue the band and Batty. Take it away. No, no, we're not doing this. Uh, watch me, Zucker. Tonight on the Krasanka Vanka Review, it's actress, B. Arthur, and Indian Prime Minister Indira Gandhi. Yay! Eins, zwei, und eins, zwei, drei. It's time for the Krasanka Vanka Review, Vanka Review. We've got a great show just for you, just for you. Time to don our bow ties and our top hats too. It's gonna be an awesome ballyhoo, ballyhoo. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, that was uh, 
Really great. Uh, but now we... It's time for the Krasanka Wonder oh, Review. Oh, The theater is old reeks of mildew. Of mildew! <laughs> time to kill the house lights so the backgrounds can all screw. <laughs> the audience is like some kind of zoo. Kind of zoo. Oh, yeah! <laughs> hey, okay, okay, we get it. They're cute. They're a bastardized version of the Muppets. They're singing about show business. Now fucking stop it. Hell no. We've got 12 more. Or stanzas! Oh, wonderful! Keep sinking, boys! It's time for the Grisanka Wonder Review! Wonder Review! Stop it! Stop it right now! There will be no more of that! Ryan, Ron, help me rip these sacks of shit apart. <laughs> it doesn't seem to hurt him at all. Yeah, like uh, most puppets, these things derive pleasure from pain. Oh, tee That tickles, boys. Get away from me, you freaks. Rip me again, Ryan. I love getting ripped. Well, at least I ripped off the gecko's tail. I don't mind. I can just grow another one. Hey, fellas. Let's say we do the song... One more time! No! It's time for the Grisanka Wonka Review! Wonka Review! We've got a bunch of shorts we wrote for you! Wrote for you! Come and take a listen! We've got sketches to wade through! Don't act like you've got something else to do! Else to do! Please, Greg, stop! Can we just throw to the first sketch? Not yet! We still have to cut to the old men in the balcony. Why did we get a fucking balcony? Hey, Algonquin. Yeah, Knickerbocker? What do you think of that opening song? I liked it before it started. I liked it even better when it was over. Oh! <laughs> hey, Batty, uh, the opening song was great, huh? Ugh, nine. Viva over-rehearsed. <sighs> we apologize for all of that, folks. Our first sketch, Patches the Disservice Dog, was written by Greg Talley and features Greg and Ron McAdams. Hey, Greg. Thanks for watching my dog Patches while I'm headed out of town. Sure, Ron. Anything for you. You'll find Patches to be very well-trained and highly intelligent. <laughs> Good to know. And Hey, he's having an accident. Oh, yes, he is. Now, here's a couple of Ziploc bags of kibble. Wait, you're not going to stop him? No, he's just doing his job, Greg. How is whizzing all over my carpet doing his job? Because Patches is a disservice dog. A disservice dog? Yes. So here's his leash and his favorite squeak toy. <laughs> he's still peeing. I swear to God, he is staring me right in the eye as he does it. Wrong. <laughs> he is. That's part of his training. Patches, no! Stay out of the kitchen. Aw, now he's breaking all my dishes. As an emotional abuse animal, Patches keeps me off balance so I can never start slipping into my condition. What the hell? Now he's tearing up my bed. Aw, that was my grandma's heirloom quilt. That's just what he does. Ruck roo! Did... Did he just cuss me out? Uh huh. Rock roo. Now he's giving me the middle finger on his front paw. Yeah, he'll do that. Excuse me, I've got a flight to catch. Wait, wait. What's your condition? Oh, unwe. You're ruining my life with this hell beast here, cause he keeps you from being bored. Think, Greg. Think. 
I can't take him on the plane with me. He's an emotional abuse dog. He'll steal all the liquor off the drink cart and slap the stewardess's asses. Anyway, gonna be late. Later! Wait! <sighs> He's not coming back, is he? Uh-uh. Rick me a rick, rich. Ow! My ass! Hey, Greg. Oh, hey, Ian. How's your tail? Oh, fine. It'll, it'll grow back in no time. Hey, I wanted to ask you, can I take a few moments tonight to tell the audience about an amazing new opportunity in house flipping? Ooh, I don't know, Ian. We have already have a busy night planned. Um, let's see if we have some time left at the end of the show. Oh. Oh, all right. Can I tell you a little about an amazing new opportunity in house flipping? Uh, uh, I'm a little busy at the moment. How about you tell me later, too? Oh, okay. But if you want something to do, why don't you go ahead and introduce the next sketch? All right. This next sketch is one I wrote. Hello, and welcome to the Actor Spotlight. I'm James Lipbaum. Tonight, we meet an actor who's not the biggest name in acting, but he has made quite a living in a unique discipline. I, I'm sure anyone who's ever pressed the start button has heard his voice. Please welcome Tim Doyle. Thanks for having me. Now, Mr. Doyle... Uh, you can call me Tim. Now, n- now, Tim, not all of our viewing audience is familiar with your type of work. Could you, could you please fill us in? All right, well, nearly every video game has the same character in it, believe it or not. And that character is Man Who Dies. Yes, Man Who Dies or sometimes Dying Man, or Hombres del Muertos. But every time you're playing a game and your character kills a guy, that's my voice you hear. Really now? Uh, yeah. Uh, Ever since they were able to add real human voices to video games, I've been there to lend my voice to Man Who Dies. And how did you get this part? Well, I was an extra in action movies for about five years. I was the guard whom someone shoots, hits with a large object, or gets thrown from a tall height. Incredible. Isn't it? So playing man who dies in these video games was a, was a natural move for you, right? Yes, that's correct. Uh, what are you doing? N- Mr. Doyle. Please, just call me Tim. M- Mr. Doyle. Tim, Tim is fine, thanks. Mr. Doyle. Just call me Tim, please! Mr. Tim. Oh, fine. Yes. Could you show us an example of your work? Uh, okay. Let's see. Hmm. Oh, okay. This is Security Guard Who Dies from Poison Filter 3 back in 2000. All right. Amazing, wonderful, masterful even. (laughs) Thank you. You obviously have a a great talent for for playing dying people. I'm sure you're quite busy. Yes, I I die about five times a week. Wow. Demanding. 
You're right. It's, it's very hard work. So how about showing us another masterful scene, perhaps from 2013's Sword of the Samurai? Oh, yes, I remember that one. I had to Skype into Tokyo to do that. Let's see. Are you in character now? Yes. I'm Minion Who Dies. Take it away. And uh, that's it. Wow. I've never heard or seen a finer performance. Thanks. But in reality, your, your greatest performance is Man Who Dies has to be... Uh, I know which one you're talking about. Guy, Guy Who, who dies, dies getting tasered in an, an alley from, from Shotgun, Shotgun Crisis 2. <laughs> Mr. Tim, if you would, please, could you reproduce that character here on Actor Spotlight? Why, it would be my pleasure. Astonishing. Brilliant. I've run out of adjectives. Thanks. So what is next for, for Tim Doyle? Well, I'm reading some scripts. I might be in the movie version of No Person's Horizon. I'm sure your role will be a challenging one. So since you're such a famous actor, I'm sure you're a hit with the ladies. Actually, all the girls I've met don't even know anyone who plays video games. I've been rejected 117 times. Oh. Right. Well, I'm, uh, I'm afraid that's all the time we have for today. Join us next week on Actor Spotlight when we meet the woman who plays woman who dies in every horror movie. On behalf of Tim Doyle, I'm... James Lipbaum saying, acting is a passion. That last sketch was called The Actor's Spotlight. It was written by Ian the Gecko Morrison and featured Frank Dietz of Damn Dirty Geeks and Ron McAdams. <laughs> what the fuck is that horrible thing? Well, my name is Ryan, and I want you to go to hell. Gee, Ryan, I sure am excited to go back to school. Aren't you excited to go back to school, Ryan? Huh, Ryan? Huh? No, Blover, I'm a 40-year-old man. I don't go to school anymore. have any children, Blover. I find them repugnant. Oh! Alrighty then. <laughs> well, our next sketch is called The Job Interview. It was written by my friend Ryan Smith. Hey, that's you! And it stars Ryan Smith. Hey, that's you too! And Rob Maynard. He's my friend too. Someone get this thing the fuck away from me or I swear to Christ. Oh!
Well, Dalton, your resume is very impressive. Harvard Law, clerking in the Superior Court, five years at Archer Higginson Rose. Uh, yes, based on all that and this interview, I have a feeling you'd be a good fit here at Garrison and Cranes. That's great, Mr. Garrison. I think you'll be very happy with my work. I'm sure we will, son. Now, before we make it official, any questions for me? No, I don't think so. You sure? No questions about caseload, hours, anything like that? Well, now that you mention it... Go ahead, son. Can't be a good lawyer if you're afraid to ask questions. I guess not. Well, I don't like telling tales out of school, but the work environment at Archer, Higgins, and Rose could get a bit, well, hostile. What's the office culture like around here? Uh, how do you mean hostile? Well... You gay, son? Is that it? As a matter of fact, yes. Is that a problem? Oh, hell no. Swing both ways myself. I didn't always, but uh, I've been married 30 years, you know, and occasionally the missus likes to be the meat in a hot, oily manwich. Awkward at first, I'll tell you, but you get used to it. And eventually, hell, you get to like it. I... So no, I have no problem with you gays. You're sharp dressers, hard workers, and let's face it, your people saved the musical theater. And you've been up front about it with me, which I appreciate. My wife would, too. In fact, you ought to come over for dinner tonight, among other things. Um, I'm engaged. But your question about office culture is a good one. I don't think you have anything to worry about here. We're very relaxed, and as long as you come into it with your eyes open, you won't have a single problem. See, that's what I'd like to know. What should I be keeping my eyes open for? Well, we have an eclectic group here. You just have to be tolerant of our little eccentricities. Oh, well, I'm sure that won't be a problem. Take me, for example. Swing both ways. Wife and I get a bit freaky. Mr. Garrison, I certainly don't make it my business to judge anyone else's... Also have a guy come into the office once a week to play the sousaphone. Stands right in that corner over there. Well, that's a little different, I guess, but... Sousaphone Harry, I call him. Homeless guy, you know. Plays for nickels in the subway. The sousaphone. Been savagely beaten a dozen times for it. Hard times like these... I try to throw him a regular gig, put a little money in his pocket. Well, that's actually quite commendable. Of course he's an exhibitionist, too. Pantsless about half the time. Terrible shame. Why we keep him in here, away from the clients. Um... Let's see, what else? Oh, uh, Bob Alvey, our corporate law division head, is a transformer. You mean transgender? I certainly don't care about that. No, 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 no. We're pretty sure he's a transformer. Just something mechanical about the guy. Are you... Fifty to one, the guy's a robot. It's in the eyes, you know. It's always in the eyes. But, what the hell, he does good work. Wherever I am in this office, I'm never more than five seconds away from a boomerang. What are you... Hakiba! <laughs> ah! You see that? Boomerang. All the time, everywhere. You gotta be prepared for that. But why would you have a boomerang? It's not important. We're all Zoroastrians here. You'll have to convert. I'll have to? Never mind. You can just fake it during the important holidays like Jews under 35 do. That's the most terrible thing. Fridays are Hawaiian shirt days. I have no issue with that. Good, because it's sort of an office tradition. These days I can only achieve an erection if I'm watching reruns of One Day at a Time. What in the world does that have to do with tax law? You'd be surprised. Look, Gay Dalton... Did you just call me Gay Dalton? Oh, don't tell me you're going to get all defensive about an affectionate nickname because we don't need another Al-Qaeda Ted situation on our hands. I can't imagine. Look, Gay Dalton, 
The point is that Garrison and Crane didn't become the 17th most successful tax and corporate law firm in Manhattan, well, the meatpacking district, by walking on eggshells. It's a rough and tumble world out there, and if you can't get behind robot lawyers, pantsless sousaphone, and ball gag Tuesdays, you're not going to last 10 seconds in a courtroom. If you're not prepared to convert to Zoroastrianism, frankly, I don't want you on my team. And if you're not willing to endanger your long-term, loving relationship with your partner by occasionally getting into a sweaty flesh tangle with me and the missus, well, there's the door, my friend. So what I want to know is this. Are you like half the applicants who walk through that door? A weak-livered dilettante who's afraid to put in the work required? Or are you a real tax lawyer? A strong-willed, hard-nosed, driven, oily gay man who's ready to face down the world and spit in its eye? Are you that lawyer, Gay Dalton? Are you? I am! By God, I am! That's what I wanted to hear. Congratulations, you're hired. Hakiba! How'd you like the last sketch? I thought it was hilarious. But you know, why don't we ask our favorite trash can dwelling Grizunka Wonka, Boschker the Louse, what he thought, huh? Hey, 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 hey! Who the fuck is knocking on my trash can, huh? If it's you fucking kids again, I swear you are gonna get a bottle of cheap scotch right against the temple! No, Bosker, it's just me and Ron. Oh, then who gives a shit? Don't be such a louse, Bosker. All we wanted to know is if you liked the last sketch. The last sketch? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah! I, I loved it! Really? Yeah! Well, I have to admit, I'm surprised you feel that way, Bosker. I mean, you are usually such a louse about these things. Yeah, yeah, I, I loved it! You want to know why? You guys want to know why I loved it? Yeah, why, Bosker? Because I love fucking garbage! <laughs> and that's exactly what that was! Was fucking garbage! <laughs> and you're garbage too, McAdams! You've always been garbage! <laughs> <sighs> well, our uh, next sketch is about a blind date, and it was written by uh, me and Rob. Uh... And it was inspired by a conversation we had about the worst person you could possibly go on a blind date with. And uh, you, you'll see what I mean. Uh, it stars Rob Maynard, uh, Jamie Flowers, Ashley, Ryan Smith, that's me, Willie Golden, and Dina Dolphin. Is this seat okay? What do you think? Sit us by the picture window. Sit us where we can dine with a view. And please bring us a plate of breadsticks too. Joanne. That's all I ask of you. Guess by the window? 
Certainly, folks. Well, this is nicer. Ted will be your server tonight. While you're waiting, can I take your drink order? Ooh, I'd love a Chardonnay. Would you like a Chardonnay? Sparkling, bubbling, sweet intoxication. Feel it, taste it, savor each sensation. Let the dream begin. Let your darker side give in to the flavor of the product of that vine. The flavor of this restaurant sparkling wine. So, like a Prosecco? Bottle or glass? Uh... Bottle. I'll get it in for you. Ted should be right over. Wow. I've never actually been on a Tinder date before. Glad to finally meet in the flesh. The mask is interesting. So what do you do? Opera. Really? Do you perform at the Opera House downtown? I shall burn that place to the ground! <laughs> well, we all hope to set the world on fire, don't we? I mean, I'm a singer myself, but it's hard getting a foot in the door. Sing for me, my angel of music! Well... <laughs> Let's see how the date goes first. Can it be? Can it be Christine? Oh my God, it's my ex. Who'd have thunk here in this restaurant that I'd run into you so soon? You may not remember this, but I still have your... <laughs> from your hands. That's certainly a unique skill. Hi, folks. Here's that Prosecco. And, uh, Phantom, what have we said about setting the other guests on fire? Oh, you come here often? Oh, he basically shuttles between here and the Opera House. Definitely a regular. So what can we get started for you guys? Hmm. I'd love the chicken Caesar salad. And can I get the dressing on the side, please? Absolutely. Great choice. And for the gentleman? Bring once again to me the beef au jus. And do not skip on me extra mushrooms. And with a cob salad upon the side. And don't forget to add the pickle spear and seasoned fries. So, the French dip as usual. Uh, what kind of dressing on the salad? Oh, uh, ranch? Okay, that'll be coming right up for you folks. Enjoy. So, this is my First Tinder date. <laughs> I, I'm, I was really nervous, I admit. Have you ever done this before? The fate which condemns me to wallow in blood has also denied me the joys of the flesh. This face, the infection which poisons our love. So, no? One question. How long should we two wait before we're one? 
When will the sleeping bud burst into bloom? When will the flames at last consume us? Third date. And here we are, folks. Uh, Miss, you had the Caesar salad? Thank you. And Phantom, the usual French dip. Damn you! You want to cook my beef sandwich? Ted, do you not even care? Curse you! You imbecile son of a bitch! Did I say I want my meat rare? Damn you! Curse you! Damn you! Curse you! Yeah. We can just throw it back on the grill for a minute. Damn you! Curse you! Phantom, look, I'm sorry your roast beef is slightly rare, but that's no reason to bring down the damn chandelier again. This is the fifth one this month. Should I? Curse you! And while we're at it, you throw fireballs from your bare hands. You could cook that beef up to medium yourself in like a second. Jesus Christ, you know what? I'm done. I'm done. You will curse the day you did not do all that the phantom asked of you. I think I'll just leave now. I Hey, fuck you, pal. I'm done. And you know what? Don't even fucking think of murdering me and hanging me from the rafters for the next waiter to discover like you did to Steve last week. Christ, a 15% tip is not worth this shit. Gonna run to the ladies' room? The world showed no compassion to me! That's because you murder literally everyone you meet. Um... Do you have any idea how long after close I have to stay literally every fucking time you come in? Clearing the bodies away alone takes hours. Fuck! Can I get a box, please? Can't finish the whole salad? I just... I need to go home and... Of course. Actually, have a box right here. Thanks so much. And, um, Phantom, was it? My name's Rick, but nobody ever asked that. Yeah, sure, Rick. Uh, thanks for dinner. I'll call you. Really. Fucked up another date, huh, Casanova? Wow. You are really something, Rick. Fuck. All I ask for is one perfect mealtime and for medium rare beef au jour and a blind date who won't run off screaming a good date and some well-cooked beef au jus. Oh, God, that's all I ask. Shut the fuck up! Fuck off, Ted! You've already made your point! Oh, God, that's all I 
What the hell, guys? I spent all this money to make the Krizunka Wonkas, and you haven't put a single one of them into your sketches. Well, uh, who did you have in mind? How about Jingo the Hawk? No, no way. Uh, I fucking hate that guy. He's the fucking worst! Hey, Jingo, come here! No, Greg. Sweet land of liberty, you called? Uh, yeah, Jingo. Uh, Rob, Ron, uh, you know Jingo the Hawk, right? Yeah, hi, Jingo. How's it going? Greetings, my fellow patriotic citizens. Another wonderful day in this great nation of ours, isn't it? Yeah, Yeah, it's it's a wonderful wonderful day. Hey, Jingo, uh, the guys were just wondering if you'd be willing to play a part in the next sketch. Stars and stripes forever! Yes, sirs! I consider it my honor, nay, my duty, to play the part. Here we go. Uh, just one thing. What? Will the sketch be patriotic? Will it celebrate the glory that is America? You have to play a government agent. (gasps) Law and order! I love it! Just introduce the sketch. Our next sketch is brought to you by the United States of America. We call it Melvin the Drug-Sniffing Banana Slug. Well, it was written by Greg Talley and stars Greg, Ron, and of course, me, Jingo the Hawk, as the handsome and brave Officer of the Law. Made it to the airport. Thank goodness the security line is still pretty short for my flight. Uh Uh-oh, here comes a guard. Good morning, TSA here. Agent Gastropod. Your suitcase, sir, has been randomly selected for a drug test. Plus, you look suspiciously ethnic. It's my summer farmer's tan. Be that as it may, our totally non-racist drug policy singles out no one by their ethnic background, religion, or creed. It's all a random algorithm, 100% American. Uh Uh-huh. Which is why we search the Middle Easterners for drugs and the Central Americans for bombs. See? Not racist. That still sounds really racist. Well, we reversed it. So how long is this going to take? That's up to Agent Melvin. Who's Agent Melvin? Agent Melvin is our contraband detection coordinator. Like a drug-sniffing dog. Mmm, kinda. Is that... is that a slug? Oh, yes, sir. A banana slug. Areolomax californicus, to be exact. With an incredibly gifted olfactory organ. So, um, I see from your ticket, you are headed to Branson? Yeah, I make the trip once a year. 
you say you're with the TSA? Yes, sir. The Transportation Slug Administration. Oh, come on. It's a thing. Congress expanded our powers a few years ago. Greatly to keep the public safe from narcotics and ethnic types. What was that? Nothing, nothing. While we wait, I have a brochure here with interesting slug facts. Let me put on my glasses. Uh, Did you know that a slug has approximately 27,000 teeth? That's more teeth than a shark. Oh, oh, and it says here, a slug's blood is green. And, uh, ooh, a slug lays 20 to 100 eggs several times a year. (laughs) Amazing little animals. Melvin took over two years to train. So, uh, what's in Branson? Dollywood. Oh, oh, uh, did you ever see that crazy Russian uh, Yakov Smirnov? He's got an act there that'll knock your socks off. Can't say that I have. uh, uh, Listen, I do have a plane to catch. (laughs) He's all in America. TSA trains slugs. In Soviet Russia, slugs train you! (laughs) That makes no sense. Aha! Melvin has detected something! No, he didn't. Yes, he did. He waved his eye stock towards that pocket on your carry-on. What? He didn't wave? This is insane! Let's see what you're hiding here. (laughs) Fortunately, I have my radio. Code Mollusk. I repeat, Code Mollusk. Requesting backup. We've got a live one here. I think he's ethnic. Holy crap, is that a SWAT team? Good work, Agent Melvin. Now tear into this scumbag's luggage. Well, well, well. Look what we have here. Looks like pure Himalayan fresh cut. The pink stuff. That's my gourmet salt. Right. Tell me another story there, Osama. Not racist. I bought it at Williams Sonoma. There's a store on Concourse B. Agent Melvin, test the contraband. told you, salt. You son of a gun! He was three days from retirement! And now, with a very special Eric Explains Science, is the host of the Junk Mouth Podcast, the Revival League's own Eric Kosky. Hi, I'm Eric, and this is Eric Explains Science. For our back-to-school show, I'm here to tell you kids about an important discovery that made modern rubber tires possible. 
a process called vulcanization. Yes, Eric, you're absolutely correct. No, 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 no. Uh, excuse me. I'm in the middle of an Eric Explains Science segment. Who are you? Allow me to introduce myself. My name is Dr. Elon Muskmelon, scientist extraordinaire. And this happy fellow here is my assistant, Petrie. No, 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 no. We were sent by the Krasunka Wonka Underground Research Facility. Dr. Elon Musk Mellon? At your service. We are here to assist you in your noble quest to relate the great scientific concepts of the world to the simple, mindless automatons that compose our listening audience. No, 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 no. Well, all right. I was just explaining to the kids that natural rubber, which is harvested from many different plants, is just too soft and flexible to create the durable tires we know today. An astute point, Eric. You see, polymers such as natural rubber are made up of long-chain molecules that we can think of like strands of spaghetti. I happen to have a plate of spaghetti here to assist us to demonstrate. Notice how the long, thin molecules can easily slide past each other and separate. Petrie, spit that spaghetti out this instant. We were using it to make a point about science. That, that's okay. I, I think we're done with the spaghetti anyway. You hear that, Petrie? You lucked out again. No, no. Uh, in 1839, Charles Goodyear discovered that if we take sulfur, like we have here, and add it to the rubber, along with heat, pressure, and time, it creates a much stronger substance. The sulfur makes the rubber stronger by a process called cross-linking. Cross-linking is when a substance, like the sulfur in this beaker here... Petrie, don't be so rude. Did you even ask Mr. Kosky if you could drink all his sulfur? Mr. Kosky, I apologize for my associate's discourteous behavior. Well, I don't mind that, but I'm really not sure if it's safe for him to be drinking entire beakers of molten sulfur. You see... Isn't that what I've been telling you? It isn't safe for you to go putting everything you see into your stupid mouth. Do we need to resume our genital electroshock therapy sessions again? No, no, no. No, 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 no. Let's wrap this up. Once the vulcanization process is complete, we have ourselves a much more durable rubber, out of which we can make tires. Like this tire right here. The same kind that goes on the school bus that takes you to school every morning. Petrie, Petrie, what have I told you about trying to swallow tires whole? I must say, Petrie, I really am getting very tired of your antics. Come, come, it's back to the emergency room for you. I'll just roll you there. Just down this steep ramp here, and then past that large open vat of acid, that bin of filthy hypodermic needles, and that electrified barbed wire fence, and then we're... Oh, 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 dear! Hmm. I lose more undergrad research assistants that way. And that was Eric Explains Science, I guess. Now, on to our next skit, which is called The Record Contract. It was written by Ryan Smith, and it features Greg Talley, Rob Maynard, Ron McAdams, Erica Rodriguez, Ryan Smith, and oh, even me, Eric Kosky.
open on the luxurious office of Charlie Wass, top producer for Pacific Records. Charlie and his assistant, Eddie, are speaking to the members of Human Voices, an exciting new band. Okay, uh, first the good news. I listened to the demo tape, and I loved it. Yeah! That's awesome. Eddie here brought the demo in and said, Charlie, you got to listen to this. Now let me tell you, boys, I never listen to demo tapes. But Eddie, he just kept harping on me until I finally caved. And let me tell you, I was blown away. Your sound is perfect. I mean, as it stands right now, it's perfect. You guys need to get into an actual studio with some decent recording equipment and lay down those tracks just exactly as they are right now. No Phil Spector overproduction crap. And to make sure that happens, I want to sign uh, your band, Human Voices, right now and produce you myself. Hey, that's <laughs> awesome, man. All right, all right, all right. Settle down, boys. Settle down. Yes, I'm very excited, too. Now, that being said, uh, there is one change I'd recommend. Whatever you want, Charlie. I mean, you're the pro. Right, guys? Yeah, yeah that sounds great. Well, Chad, I think it'd probably be best if I talked to you alone for a moment. Wait a minute there, Charlie. No offense, but we make decisions as a band. Everyone needs to be involved. I respect what you're saying, but I really think it would be best if we just went on ahead I'm sorry, Mr. Wass, but that's just the way it is. Okay, you want to do this now. We'll do it now. It's about your drummer. Pete? (sighs) Yes, Pete. Frankly, Chad... We here at Pacific Records have some problems with Pete. Problems? What are you talking about? Chad, he's the Scottsdale Ripper. (sighs) Uh, suspected Scottsdale Ripper. Look, split hairs if you want. Hey, maybe you call it splitting hairs. I call it the fucking Constitution. Yeah, due process, man. Uh, Okay, okay, okay. I just think you should consider a new drummer. No way! Pete's a founding member! Look, I just think it's bad for your image that your drummer is suspected in a string of grisly sex murders. Grisly? Now, that's editorializing. Yeah, how about some objectivity, man? He cuts nurses' heads off and fucks their neck holes. Allegedly fucks their neck holes. Come on, Chad. He's wearing a necklace of human fingers. Oh, oh, I see. He's got a finger necklace, so that proves he's a murderous neckhole fucker. Man, that is so close-minded. We expected more from you, really. I got a Chinese finger trap at home. Does that make me a serial killer? What? Did I just blow your fucking mind? (sighs) Look, regardless of my feelings... The man's a fugitive from justice. Maybe justice is a fugitive from him. Stop talking, please. Anyway, we can't offer a contract to a suspect in 12 sex murders, okay? And even if we could, Eddie here says he's making some of our people uncomfortable. He is. Art is supposed to make people uncomfortable. It's not the art so much as the human finger necklace, the thousand-yard stare, the masturbation out in the waiting room. He killed Pablo. He killed my receptionist. Yeah, but did he fuck his neck hole? Uh, no. No, but we're assuming that's only because he killed him so soon after masturbating. This is absurd. Call it what you want, Chad, but I am not going into the studio until you guys get a new drummer. Well, maybe we ought to just find a new label. 
If you're not willing to work with me to make your band better, maybe you should. <laughs> See? See, this is what I'm talking about. He just cut Eddie's head off. I can't work like this. And really, what's Pete bringing to the band anyway? You guys write the songs. He's the weak link. Hey, Pete writes songs. I hate to break this to you, Chad, but Octopus's Garden is already a song. And no amount of changing we can sing and dance around to I want to cut your head off and fuck your neck hole is going to change that. I mean, shit, the meter doesn't even work. Look, Charlie, I understand your concerns, but we can't just fire Pete. And I can't work with him. So I guess this is it. I guess so. We understand. Hey, thanks for the opportunity, Charlie. Oh, uh, Chad? Good luck. Fifteen minutes later. Yeah, we're almost done processing the body of your receptionist, Mr. Wass. What? Oh, good. Good. Say, pal, something the matter? Oh, nothing. Hoping I didn't just make the biggest mistake of my life, is all. Hey, uh, what's going on? That poor guy is the saddest man I ever seen. Charlie Wass was found dead in his apartment three days later. His head had been removed and his neck hole sexually assaulted. Cause of death was ruled a suicide. Human Voices went on to win eight Grammys. The Scottsdale Ripper remains at large. Sure can say that again, Blover. <laughs> you know what? That last sketch reminded me of a word of the day. There is similitude. You know what? Hey, Greg, can we cut? What's wrong? I can't do this. I, I can't work with these stupid Krizunka Wonkas. Why not? Everyone else here loves them. No, actually, for the record, I think they're pretty stupid too. Well, guys... I appreciate your feedback, but I feel like the two of you don't appreciate how much I paid for these things. Now, if you two don't feel like playing ball, I can just as easily toss you back into that gin-filled gutter I fished you out of and find two other slapdash sawbounds to carry around on my back! <laughs> Jesus Christ. So if the prima donna act is done... Why don't you go back to talking to that inanimate sack of felt like it's a person, or so help me, it won't be the only one with a hand shoved so far up it's... Okay, okay. Just go ahead and do the scene, Rob. Well, Blover, that sure was a funny sketch, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, Rob. It was real funny. What did, what did you say the word of the day was again? There is some There is some That's great. That's fucking great. You're, you're my best friend, Blover. You fucking love you, man. Ah, I love you, too. <laughs> now let's sit back.
shall we? <laughs> and watch the next segment in our continued saga of fun and friendship. <laughs> yeah, that's what I fucking thought. The next word from our sponsor was written by Ron McAdams and features special guest celebrity comedian Carolina Hidalgo. So did you hear me this weekend on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me or what? No, you know I have a conflict with my banjo lessons. How did it all turn out? Well, if you'd have been listening, dude, you'd know that I have the dulcet tones of Carl Castle on my personal voicemail. That's something reserved only for the smartest of the smart, brah. Oh, man. I don't know if I'll ever be hip enough to have a personalized celebrity voicemail. Sucks to be you, man. Later, skater. What am I going to tell my wife and kids when I don't have a personalized celebrity voicemail? If only someone could help. Has this ever happened to you? A friend brags about having a personalized celebrity voicemail greeting on their phone, but all you have is your own boring non-celebrity voice? Hi, I'm celebrity comedian Carolina Hidalgo for Celeb Voice, the only celebrity voicemail service that provides high-quality celebrity voicemails as recorded by me, Carolina Hidalgo. Jealous that your friend has a smooth celebrity voice of Carl Castle on his voicemail? You won't be once your old boring voicemail gets a celeb voice treatment. Here's a sample. Hello, this is Larry King. John can't come to the phone right now. He's with me interviewing Israel's Prime Minister Netanyahu. Please leave a message again. This is Larry King. And that's not the only celebrity we partner with here at Celeb Voice. What about everyone's favorite revenge genre director, Quentin Tarantino? Hello. Okay. This is Quentin Tarantino. Okay. Samuel. Can't come to the phone right now. He's helping me direct my new revenge flick. Please leave a message. Again, this is Quentin Tarantino. And not just major celebrity voices. We can put literally anyone on any level of notoriety on your personal voicemail. Hey, it's that guy who stopped that robbery in that video you saw on YouTube. Janet can't come to the phone right now. She's out stopping her own robberies. Leave a message. Again, it's the guy from that YouTube video. And there's so many more. Call today. That's 555-CELEB-VOICE. An operator, who sounds a lot like me, is standing by. Call today. That's 555-CELEB-VOICE. Dude, I left you a voicemail about Canass tonight. How did you get Burt Reynolds on your cell phone? That's my secret. Thanks, CELEB-VOICE. Mmm, boy, honey, is that good justice. <laughs> I thought you'd think that was genuine justice, but would you believe me if I told you you just ate, I can't believe it's not justice? I can't believe it's not justice? What's that? It's a new, lighter, waste-friendly alternative to justice, produced right here in the good old U.S. of A. But it tastes like justice. Yes, but it's not. I can't believe it. I know. Containing only 15% real justice, I Can't Believe It's Not Justice is a lightly salted blend of 20% for-profit prisons, 10% mandatory minimum sentencing, 35% racial bias, and 25% vegetable oil. Um, 
That's too much percent. Spread it on that English muffin to turn it into an American muffin. Not that I mean to imply it's any easier to get real justice in England. Hey man, honestly, it's too early for this shit. I kind of just wanted to eat my breakfast in peace. Yes, I can't believe it's not justice. Available wherever justice isn't served. Get the fuck out of my house before I call the police. Algonquin, wake up, you old fool! You nodded off during the last sketch! No, Knickerbocker! That wasn't sleep! That was my body shutting down in self-defense! Was the last sketch really that bad? Bad? It was a naked banana! A naked banana? Yeah, it lacked a certain appeal! Do you think anyone knows we're named after old Manhattan hotels? Sure! Eileen! Eileen? Eileen who? Eileen towards no one gives a shit! Oh! <laughs> Any more jokes like that, and this show may actually end up good! Hey Ryan, have I told you about this amazing new opportunity in house flipping? No. It's right up your alley! I said no. I don't want any part of your stupid get-rich-quick scheme, Ian. Now leave me the fuck alone! Wow. Seems like nobody wants any part of a lucrative future in house flipping. And now for our next segment, how about something else entirely? You thrilled to Alfred Hitchcock's masterpiece of suspense, Rear Window. This summer, run, don't walk, to your local cinema to see the spine-tingling sequel, Rear Window 2, The Rearening. Jimmy Stewart reprises his role as L.B. Jeffries, the man who sees what others overlook. So, Mr. Jeffries... Please tell the court in your own words what it was that you witnessed on the night of October 8th. Not a goddamn thing. Uh, what? Sorry. Shame I wasn't there. You're known around town for sticking your nose into everything. Well, can't a fella just not one time? Well, we could really use your help on this one. Well, I'm sorry, but I, I got other things to do besides stare out my window. But you call us about the most trivial shit. You once called the cops because you saw one of your neighbors fail to curb her dog. Now, wait a minute. You weren't there. That dog was up to something. Up to what? There was a a look in his eyes, I tell you. Menace, that's what it was. Menace. Will Jeffries once again uncover a diabolical murder? Now, Mr. Jeffries, according to our crime scene reconstruction, Mr. Thorvald's plot to murder his wife was Byzantine in its construction. At 10.30 p.m., he slipped a trace amount of poison into her martini. 
Once the poison began to take effect, he garroted her with a piano wire for approximately 15 minutes. Following that, he tied a rope around her waist, threw her off the fire escape, then used the rope to haul her back up. He repeated this process 12 times, pausing once to make her broken body dance like a marionette to the tune of Jimmy Rogers' Honeycomb, which was on the radio at the time. Finally, he fed her headfirst into his electric garbage disposal, which jammed when it got to her knees, prompting him to call a repairman. This repairman arrived at 1147, repaired the disposal, and was himself murdered by Mr. Thorvold. Finally, at 1158, Mr. Thorvold completed his heinous crime by launching off celebratory fireworks. And all of this, Mr. Jeffries, occurred in clear view of your rear window. And you're telling this court that you saw nothing? Sorry, I didn't realize I was supposed to do your job for you. You're usually all over this kind of thing. Where were you? I I was, uh, dropping the kids off at the pool. Mr. Jeffries, we all know you don't have children. I was in the bathroom, damn it. It was one of those, what do you call them, euphemisms. You were in the bathroom from 10.30 to 11.58 p.m.? Now look, Sonny, I'm not as young as I used to be. But an hour and a half? It'll happen to you one day. You mark my words. You tell him, Jeff. (laughs) Also stars the ravishing Grace Kelly as the woman who stole Jeff's heart. Miss Fremont, you have been Mr. Jeffrey's significant other for approximately three years. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. And in all that time, has his leg ever not been broken? Well, no. Miss Fremont, doesn't that strike you as a bit suspicious? After all, how long could it possibly take for a broken leg to knit? Now you leave her alone. She's a fashion designer. They don't teach you about bones in dress school. Order! Order! So, Mr. Jeffries, you didn't see anything? Nothing. (sighs) No further questions, Your Honor. Rear Window 2. The Rearening. This time, he didn't see shit. You're goddamn right I didn't. Has this ever happened to you? Honey, pass me the salsa. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Oh, man. We'll never get these stains out. This is our third couch this month. This little incident could have been avoided if they had just invested in couch gutters. Yes, couch gutters. The latest innovation from the craftsman at Toy Hill. Seamless and costing less than you may believe, couch gutters divert liquid spills away from expensive cushions and doilies to a system of space-age liquid channels, allowing the mess to be wicked away naturally into your carpet. But what if you have hardwood floors? Don't worry, ma'am. Toy Hill has you covered with our patented alfombra. It's an area rug. Alfombra. It's still an area rug. Don't live in the United States and instead own a SETI, a sofa, or a Davenport? We've got metric options too. Oh, wow. Thanks, Coach Gutters. 
Don't delay. Call today. Couch gutters can be installed on every major brand, and operators are standing by. I'm actually sitting. That last sketch was great. Our next one... <laughs> slicked back widow's peak, swirling silk cape, an iron cross medal given by the Kaiser. Greg, why are you dressed like Dracula? <laughs> the Greg you know is dead. I have joined the Krozunka Vunkas. No, you haven't. Scribbling on your face with a purple marker doesn't turn you into a puppet. Behold! I am the Archduke, Tally! Uh-huh. The Archduke, Tally, eh? Let me guess, in this knockoff parody world of yours, you love to... I love to tally things. Ew. No, I mean, I like to add things up. Well, you've always known what counts. No, you mean I always know what Archdukes... Why are you doing this? Because I must be able to tally to three. <laughs> what are you talking about? Tally three what? Three sketches. Remember your comedic rules of three. We had one. <laughs> Patches, the disservice dog. We had two. <laughs> Melvin, the drug-sniffing banana slug. Now we must have three. Three sketches about specially trained animals. Ask and ye shall receive, Archduke. The next sketch is called Assistance Gorilla and was written by Ryan Smith. It features Ryan, the very talented Jamie Flowers Ashley, and the Krizunka Wonka formerly known as Greg Talley. You want to say roll the tape, Archduke? Roll the tape! Roll the tape! Roll the tape! What's the matter with you? I have OCD. Tonight's the night, Tim. I've been dreaming about this. God. Oh, oh, I want you so bad. I want you too, Molly. Molly? What's the matter? Why did you stop? There's a monkey in the room. It's sitting on that beanbag chair playing video games. Don't call him that. It's demeaning. Well, what's he doing here? He's just my assistant's gorilla. Ignore him. Ignore him? Haven't you ever had sex while your dog was in the room? Yeah, I guess. Same difference. Look, I'm gonna go... Slip into something more comfortable. You're gonna leave me alone with that thing? Oh, he's not gonna hurt you. I'll be right back. Uh, um. Hmm. <clears throat> <clears throat> Where were we? You make me so hot, baby. 
I can't wait to feel you inside me. I'm sorry, is he just going to play video games the whole time? <laughs> Probably. So? Couldn't he, I don't know, leave the room? I mean, I'm a little uncomfortable here. <laughs> That's not a good idea. Gorillas are very territorial, Tim. This room is his as much as mine. I just feel, you know, like he's watching us. He's only an animal, Tim. You think he'd hesitate to have sex in front of you? I guess not. Then what's the problem? It's not going to mean anything to him. He won't even pay attention to us unless you call attention to him. Okay. <laughs> See? Now let's both relax and get back to what we were doing. Oh my god. What? He's masturbating. So, most of the higher primates do that from time to time. But he's... he's watching us. It just seems that way. Fuck, Molly! He's looking right at us! His eyes just happen to be pointed in this direction, Tim. He's an animal, for God's sake. What we're doing isn't going to arouse him at all. It's just a coincidence. Look, I don't care if it's a coincidence. I can't concentrate while he's... Oh, wait up. He's done. All right, then. Just try to relax. Okay. Oh, God, I want you. I want you so bad. I want you to. Take your pants off. What the fuck? What is it? The son of a bitch just threw his own shit at me. That's what gorillas do. They throw their feces. It's nothing personal. Fuck that. He was aiming. He hates me. Well, it's probably because he knows you're uncomfortable. Of course I'm uncomfortable! I've got ape shit all over my best shirt! So take it off. That's where we were heading anyway, right? I guess so. Oof. An undershirt man. Come here, baby. Oh. oh, oh God, oh God, Molly, you're so beautiful. Oh, I want you. Oh, oh God, Tim. <laughs> oh shit, shit, fucking shit! Critter, no! Abort, abort, corner. Oh God, I am so sorry, Tim. What the fuck was that? He just pepper sprayed me! It's my fault. When I said, oh God, Tim, Critter must have thought I used the safe words we established after I had a bad experience with an ex-boyfriend. What the fuck kind of safe words do you get from, oh God, Tim? Well, it sounds a lot like I got him. <laughs> ah, son of a bitching bastard! Fuck on a jelly donut! Critter, abort! Corner! <laughs> I'm so sorry. Fuck! Now, where were we? Are you fucking kidding? Look, I know it's been a rough night. Rough? Okay, 
so it isn't working here. <laughs> I know Critter takes some getting used to. Maybe we could go back to your place? No. You know what? Just no. Oh, shit. Shit, where the fuck are all my clothes? I can't goddamn see. Oh, Baby, shit. please don't leave angry. I gotta go. Call me tomorrow? Whatever. Ah, fuck! Versus mode bond. What's the problem, fellas? We can't decide which one of us should introduce the last sketch. Oh, you mean you both want to do it? No, neither one of us wants to do it. You wrote the stupid thing. Well, you let me. Oh, I get it. It's the Trump sketch, huh? Yeah. Ron, go introduce it. Why me? I have an idea. Why doesn't Jingo the Hawk introduce the last sketch? Hey, that's a great idea. Oh, Jingo! <clears throat> yes. <clears throat> My fellow Americans, it is with swelling bosom and overwhelming pride that I introduce the final and most patriotic sketch of the evening. It was written by a true flag-waving American, Rob Maynard, and stars the podcast gang, as well as two very special guests, the incomparable Trace Beaulieu, and of course, Frank Conniff, who plays the President of the United States of America, Donald J. Trump. Now, Please remove your hats, place your hands over your hearts, and stand at attention for the duration of this last sketch. A scene opens upon President Donald Trump speaking at the christening of his newly constructed southern border wall, dubbed the Wall of Freedom. His hair immaculate, his suit pressed and crisp. My fellow Americans, it's me, your president. The President, Donald Trump. You're fired. Hey, how you doing? My critics said this day would never come. They said I was a phony and a fake and a liar. And who's the liar now, huh? In just 48 hours, our Kickstarter campaign crowdfunded enough money to build this, our beloved Wall of Freedom. That's what we're calling it. Our campaign was so huge, it raised so much money, we had enough left over to build a tinier wall on top of this wall. You can't see it from here, but believe me, believe me, it's there. 
And of course, the remaining cash has been siphoned off into my administration's secret slush fund. And it's all thanks to Americans like you, but even more so, it is all thanks to Americans like me. So let's all pause and take a moment here to thank me. You're welcome. So to every other nation of this world, from me, Donald Trump, the Prez, I just want to say, stay the fuck out of America. Thank you and God bless. Later that same day, at a secluded location about 50 yards from the brand new Wall of Freedom, a solitary figure mans a humble stand of goods. The gleam of entrepreneurship is in his eye. Sledgehammers, get your sledgehammers here. Fresh, hot, good, and stiff. We got sledgehammers, folks. Uh, hello? Did I hear you correctly? Did you say you're selling sledgehammers? Yes, sir, I am. Genuine, made right here in America. Sledgehammers. Any particular reason you're selling them? Yes, to make money. Huh, just occurs to me how strange it is. You selling sledgehammers out here in the middle of nowhere. Hey, I don't decide where the sledgehammers sell, buddy. The free market does. Now, are you interested in buying one of these sledgehammers? Well, sure, why not? That'll be $40, please. Wow, what a competitive price point. Uh, here's your brand new sledgehammer, sir. Thank you, and come back real soon. Sledgehammers, get your sledgehammers here. Hello, we'll take three. Just as the day's profits begin to roll in for our young enterprising hero, a noble member of the Border Patrol happens upon the scene. Sledgehammers can't be an American without a sledgehammer. Excuse me, sir. Yes? Oh, hello, officer. Uh, now, you look like a man who could use a sledgehammer. Can I interest you in one of our 15-pound models? What's this all about? Sledgehammers. Swing them at stuff. Smash it real good. Interested? I know how a sledgehammer works. I mean, what is the purpose of you selling sledgehammers here? It's as good a place as any, isn't it? No, you can't sell sledgehammers here. I wish I had a nickel for every time I heard that. You can't sell sledgehammers here, they said, but I proved them wrong. No, I mean you're not allowed to sell sledgehammers here. Why not? Because we're 50 yards away from the brand new Wall of Freedom. Wall of Freedom? Yes, see that wall over there? That's the Wall of Freedom. Oh, would you look at that. <laughs> I've been so preoccupied with selling sledgehammers that I haven't even noticed that wall there. <laughs> you didn't notice a 30-foot tall wall? Never underestimate the engrossing quality of a sledgehammer, officer. You're going to tell me you set up your sledgehammer stand outside the Wall of Freedom entirely by coincidence. Coincidence? No, sir. I've been selling sledgehammers on the street for over 15 years now. I've set up my sledgehammer stand on every corner in every major city in the country. And in all my years, I have never seen sledgehammer sales as hot as this spot. This is the hot spot, sir. The hot spot for sledgehammer sales. And you don't think your volume of business has anything to do with the wall of freedom over there? Hmm. Well, to be honest, I never really thought about it. Never thought about it? Nope. Really? 
It never crossed your mind that your customers might be using these sledgehammers to smash the wall of freedom? Listen, maybe some of the customers take them home to renovate their kitchens. Maybe some of the customers use them to smash down walls of freedom. Frankly, it isn't my problem what people do with their sledgehammers after they buy them. Isn't your problem? Nope. I just sell the sledgehammers. I don't swing them. But you must know that the hammers will be used for malicious purposes. Hey, it isn't my job to sift through every potential customer and determine who who will use the hammers for good and who will use them to smash down walls of freedom. How am I supposed to know what they'll be used for? I can clearly see from where we're both standing that several of your patrons are using their newly purchased sledgehammers to break down the wall of freedom as we speak. I think you're jumping to a lot of conclusions here, officer. There's no proof that those are my my sledgehammers. It's very possible they brought those sledgehammers from home. I can see the price tags on many of them. Listen, like I told you, it's none of my business. But this is your business. Your business is selling sledgehammers. Selling sledgehammers right next to the precious, precious wall of freedom. Can't you see how you're directly responsible? Oh, I, I, I see the sign here. It reads, uh, Wall Smashing Sledge Co. Uh, shall take no responsibility for damaged property up to and including walls of freedom. Now, it's obvious that you knew what you were doing when you printed that sign. Uh, I, I shall take no responsibility. Hanging up a sign doesn't just absolve you of all responsibility. Sure it does. Wall Smashing Sledge Co. is a limited liability company. And you even named your company Wall Smashing Sledge Co. So? So it's clear what your intentions were from the start. Ah, uh, they could be referring to any wall. One more Freedom Smasher, please. Coming right up, Max. Now wait a minute. Sir, sir, why did you buy this sledgehammer? Well, it's a very competitive price point. Here you are. No, I mean, did you buy this sledgehammer with the intention of smashing that wall? Well, to be honest with you, no. In fact, I even helped fund that wall. You did? Yeah, I even pledged extra to get my name on a brick. Then what are you doing buying a, a, a freedom smasher? Well, it's hard to explain, but once the sledgehammer was in my hand and, and I saw the wall just standing there, well, well, one thing just led to another. Hey, fellas, save some smashing for me. Hey, get back here. You see, you selling sledgehammers is inciting the smashing. With the hammers in their hands, they can't resist the temptation to demolish anything they see. Oh, so now I'm supposed to take responsibility for everybody else's lack of self-control with sledgehammers. What's that? Oh, boy, that's the president's personal helicopter. Now you're in trouble. Yes, hello. I am President Donald Trump. How you doing? Mr. President, it's an honor to meet you, sir. I want answers. I have heard through my incredible intelligence-gathering folks that my cherished wall of freedom is getting hammered and that this guy here is behind it. That's right, Mr. President. Well, what are you? Some kind of a terrorist? No. Then who are you? A patriot. A patriot who remembers when this nation could truly be called the land of opportunity, before the government started infringing on the rights of free enterprise to earn a fast buck. You know, it wasn't so long ago, Mr. President, that you stood where I stand, an idealistic entrepreneur who knew that profits were more valuable than ethics or decency. Where's that man now, sir? What happened to him? Because all I see now is some shill in a suit telling me where I can and can't make money. Don't you dare. Wait, I want to hear him out. Now, now you call this wall of yours the wall of freedom, right? 
Well, let me tell you something, Mr. President. If this wall of freedom doesn't also stand for my freedom to sell sledgehammers right next to it, then by God, it isn't worth the $47,000 worth of plaster it's made of. I got a terrific deal on the plaster. I know a guy in Paris. You want to know who I am? Just an ambitious go-getter willing to compromise security and integrity of his country in order to wring out a more secure existence for myself. Then I ask you, Mr. President, is there anything more American than that? Wow, terrific. Never in all my years have I been so impressed. Such drive, such unscrupulous entrepreneurship. You know, you remind me of a young me. Thank you, Mr. President. That's it. It's official. You're the winner. The winner? The winner of what? The winner of the latest season of The Apprentice. Congratulations. I won? That's right. Come with me, my friend. You're going to be my new vice president. Uh, but what about Vice President Pence? Oh, Mike? Yeah, I'll explain the whole thing to him. He won't mind. <laughs> Well, at least our border is secure once more. For freedom. Hey, you, get back here. Where'd you get that grappling hook? This grappling hook, senor? I bought her. Bought her? Where? Oh, from some fella on the other side of the wall. Adios, amigo. Yeah, and that's our show, folks. Join us next week when our guest will be actor Abe Vigoda. And cult leader Jim Jones will be here to share his Kool-Aid recipes. Yay! I can't believe we survived all these lame skits. And all these dumb songs. And stupid Krizunka Wonkas. Ugh, come on, Ryan. Admit it. I think you've grown on me. I am both repelled and fascinated. So, uh... What are you doing after the show? My schedule's open. Want to come back to my place? Oh, what about your girlfriend, Glam Manatee? Ach, Glam Manatee and I have an understanding. Mm. Yeah, all right. Just a warning. You will be shoving hands way up in some funny places. Yeah, it won't be the first time. Ryan! Hey, Ryan! Greg, your stupid Krizunka Wonka's ruined our whole show. Sloppy the Bear trashed the men's room. Odzo the Magnificent is unconscious with a compound skull fracture, and now Batty Flatermouse has seduced Ryan. Listen, I'd love to want to care about all this right now, but I'm meeting Richard Branson on the other side of the world for lunch. Ta! That's Greg for you. Always showing off his jetpack. Anyway, what's next for you, Ron? Well, I'm afraid I have to announce this is my last show on the podcast. <gasps> I know. I got an offer to join the Blue Man Group, and I've accepted. They sent me a noose in the mail, and I can get started at home. So, see you around. I hate this fucking show. Hey, Rob! You look like you could really use a friend right now! Hey, Rob, do you think now I could tell the audience about the amazing possibilities of house flipping? Well, the show is sort of over now, Ian. Oh. Do you think I could tell them anyway? I really don't care what you do. Knock yourself out.
Hi folks! I wanted to take a moment here to tell you about the exciting world of house flipping. Ma'am, is this your house? Yes, it is. And would you like us to flip it for you? Why, yes, that would be lovely. Muscles? Knots? You heard the lady. You each grab a corner of the house, and let's get flipping! Hey, Algonquin. This house flipping bit was my favorite part of tonight's show! Because it was funny, Knickerbocker? No, because it was last! <laughs> Maybe we should read the end credits! End credits? I thought this was my enemy's list! <laughs> this radio play is a cross-stream between Damn Dirty Geeks and the Revival League. Is that a stamp of quality? Yeah! All of it bad! <laughs> Shorts and a Bunch Back to School was produced and directed by Rob Maynard and Ryan Smith. Someone directed this? Sure! Right into the ground! <laughs> Packages of the Service Dog was written by Greg Talley and featured Greg and Ron McAdams. Actor Spotlight was written by Ian Morrison and featured Frank Dietz and Ron McAdams. Job Interview was written by Ryan Smith and featured Rob Maynard and Ryan Smith. Phantom Date was written by Ryan Smith and Rob Maynard and features Rob, Jamie Flowers Ashley, Willie Golden, Ryan Smith, and Dana Dolphin. Think any of these people will ever work again? Not if we're lucky! <laughs> Melvin the Drug Sniffing Banana Slug was written by Greg Talley and featured Jingo the Hawk and Ron McAdams. Record Contract was written by Ryan Smith and featured Greg Talley, Rob Maynard, Ron McAdams, and Ryan Smith. Celeb Voice was written by Ron McAdams and featured celebrity comedian Carolina Hidalgo. I Can't Believe It's Not Justice was written by Rob Maynard and featured Rob and Ryan Smith. These sketches were an accessory to murder! Really? Who'd they kill? Comedy! Oh! <laughs> Couch Gutters was written by Ron McAdams and featured Ron, Erica Rodriguez, and Rob Maynard. Rear Window 2 was written by Ryan Smith and Rob Maynard and featured Ryan, Rob, and Dina Dolphin. Assistance Gorilla was written by Ryan Smith and featured Jamie Flowers Ashley, Greg Talley, and Ryan. Trump Ball was written by Rob Maynard and features Frank Conniff, Trace Beaulieu, Ron McAdams, Eric Kosky, Robert Swanson, and Rob Maynard. Hey, those are some really big names! They were before this show! Oh! <laughs> the Krasanka Wonka interstitial segues were written and performed by Greg Talley, Rob Maynard, Ron McAdams, Ryan Smith, James Rowling, Frank Dietz, Eric Kosky, and Ian Morrison. Radio costuming by Odzo the Odnificent. Music and sound supervision by Greg Talley, Rob Maynard, and Ryan Smith. Live house music performed by Dr. Floofy and the Lightning Havoc. Sound effects by SoundSnap, Freesound, and Pond5. Audio editing by Ryan Smith and Rob Maynard. Echolocation by Batty Flatermouse. Audio engineering by Ron McAdams, Ryan Smith, and Rob Maynard. Craft services by the Nordic Frycook. Krasunka Wonka Review theme song by Greg Talley and Rob Maynard. Boy, some of these people appear frequently! Yeah, now if we can only get them to disappear! Oh, 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 oh. 
Radio Play Copyright 2018 by Rob Maynard, Brian Smith, and Greg Daly. What rights do they need for this show, anyway? Just one. The right to remain silent. <laughs> Production Copyright 2018 by Jefferson Hospitality LLP. And the Krizunka Wonkas are copyright 2018 by Greg Talley and Rob Maynard. Yeah, until the hits and estates lawyers call. So you don't mind how fucking awful that was? <laughs>